Two KG Sports Minds have created a podcast to answer one very important question. What's the spread? Now here are your hosts, Brad Thomas and Miles Markowitz. Thanks for joining us. Happy Divisional Round Weekend. You know, Brad, there are a lot of experts out there who say this is the best weekend in football of the entire year. Oh, really? Is that because we get Divisional Round of Football in the NFL and then we also get the National Championship on Monday to cap it all off? Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's the top eight teams in the most competitive football league in the world. And then you get the National Championship game on Monday night, so always a good time. We got some college basketball going on. Yes. Uh, A lot happening in the sports world here, but as I mentioned, Monday, January 13th, we have the college football playoff national championship game. It has all come to this. You know, for me, college football is much more about the journey than it is the destination. Um, Always very bittersweet when we arrive to national championship. Yes. We have number one LSU and number three Clemson for an eight o'clock kick. LSU six-point favorites in this football game. A lot to get into. Miles, this game for me was another one of those back and forths. And I honestly want to see what side of the coin I wanted to be on. And everyone knows who listens to the podcast. I went ahead with full confidence and took Clemson in the last game. I saw enough from Clemson to make me want to consider putting my money on them for in a national championship game against LSU, but let's be honest, this game is being played in New Orleans, Louisiana. Big edge to to LSU already starting that it's going to be essentially a home game. Last time LSU, the Clemson fans travel well. We we know that. But when's the last time you can honestly remember LSU being in a, in a national championship? Well, now they get the national championship in their backyard, just a few hours from Baton Rouge. But we can't just bet on location. You know, we honestly can't bet on location. This is a battle of who do you think will prevail? Defense versus offense. We have the number one defense in the country with uh, Clemson allowing something like 11.5 points per game. And we have the number one offense uh, scoring over 36.5 points per game. I mean, uh, 48.5 points per game. I think that it will come down to one of those situations where LSU's offense will just score too many points. It's kind of like when they played Auburn. You know, Auburn slowed the game down. And Auburn was in it for a long time. But uh, explosive offense like that, especially if Elair's um 100%, it's it's kind of hard to hold them the entire time. I think for Clemson to have a, a, an honest an, an honest chance in this game, they have to score more than 35 points. You could also argue that Auburn was the only team on their entire schedule that kind of forced them to uh, go outside of their comfort zone. I mean, only scoring 23 points, that yes. really wasn't like a traditional uh, 2019 LSU win. Uh, I would say that, that that the Auburn game really stood out for me is where they played a really strong defense. Now, I was looking at their schedule because I was trying to see, okay, when were they playing really talented defenses? And then I remembered that they did have that game against Florida, who has a very talented defense, yes. ended up putting up 42. I think LSU is about, can you keep up with them scoring? Yeah. And if you can, like Alabama, then you're going to have a chance to win the game. I mean, you you think about it, Alabama was really the only team offensively that could keep up with them. Unfortunately, they went behind so so much in the first half yeah. uh, that they really weren't able to make up that ground. Originally, I was leaning towards LSU minus six, but over the past week, week and a half, I am really going towards Clemson plus six here. The defending national champions, Trevor Lawrence, coming in with a 
25 and 0 overall record, 19 and 6 against the spread as Clemson starter. And you didn't mention the LSU points per game, number one in the country. But Clemson has also been scoring points at an alarming rate, right around 46, 47 against inferior competition. Uh, so I can't really put as much stock in that. But the Clemson defense holding Ohio State to their lowest point total of the season at 23 points. Now, I'm not saying that they can do that against LSU. But what I am saying is everyone seems to be forgetting about the talent of Trevor Lawrence. He ran the ball for about 110 yards against Ohio State uh, in the Fiesta Bowl because he had to. He won't have to in this game. I think Lawrence easily eclipses 300 passing yards here. May need to get up to the 400 mark if they're going to be able to keep up with Joe Burrow and company. But at the end of the day, I think Clemson's defense only giving up 11 points per game. I think that they'll be able to keep up with Burrow in the LSU offense. And I also think that they'll be able to make a play, or uh, let me say it this way, make plays in the red zone defensively like they did against Fields in Ohio State. See, that's I'm so glad you brought that up. That is the point that made me go on the other side was the red zone opportunities that Ohio State had. Think about it. If Ohio State converts at least one more of those red zone opportunities, we're talking about an entirely different ball game. I do not think, and, and, I've, and I've watched a lot of LSU games, they do not waste opportunities, and they convert third downs. Two things that you really need, especially in a big game of this magnitude, and I, I wanted to rationalize it. Which side of the coin would you want to be on when it comes down to spending your money? Would you rather be the guy who's the fish, me, who is who loses the Clemson because it's a nail-biter and a close one, and we, LSU wins by three or Clemson wins by, by a little bit. I don't think Clemson comes in here and blows LSU out. But I do think LSU has the opportunity and in the, in the ability to blow Clemson out. I don't think that's going to happen, but I know they have the ability. I don't think Clemson – I don't think it's going to be one of those things, Clemson versus Alabama. This is a different Clemson team. Uh, their defensive front's good, not as good as it was before. Their offensive line's good, not as good as, good as before. And if T. Higgins is really banged up, that's going to almost certainly stifle their their passing attack um, because they're going to be targeting Justin Ross all game, and they're going to have uh, Stingley on him, lock and key. Uh, Divinity's back for uh, LSU. I mean, Del, but that whole defensive secondary is studs. I mean, we think about it. This team that held Jalen Hurts over to less than 50 rushing yards. Jalen Hurts was the leading rusher for Oklahoma. Yes, it's Oklahoma's smaller offensive line. Uh, let's, let's not compare to apples and oranges here, but still. I just think that LSU, this is their year. They will win this game by 7+. plus. It feels that way, right? It feels like LSU has the storybook, which was another reason why uh, it was difficult for me to go with Clemson plus 6. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that Clemson wins the game, but I do like the 6 points. I think Clemson is so much more balanced on both sides of the ball. LSU, two LSU games uh, defensively stand out to me, and I mentioned it before. First of all, the Ole Miss game, where they gave up 402 rushing yards on the ground. If you if you even allow ETN to average seven, eight yards a carry, they're going to have no problem controlling the clock and controlling the game on the ground. And then they gave up 418 passing yards to Alabama. I can't look back and see when LSU had a good defensive performance against a talented offense. Sure, they shut down a lot of mediocre offenses, but... So wait, what you're saying is you don't think Oklahoma has a good offense? I think Oklahoma has probably one of the best offenses in the country, also with one of the best offensive coaches in the in the country. I think that I mean, I think that Oklahoma didn't have as good of an offense this year as they had with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, and I also think that Oklahoma has such a horrendous defense that it wasn't even going to make a difference. Whereas I think Clemson proved against Ohio State that they still have that kind of talent on defense. 
I mean, you you mentioned the red zone stops, but I would argue that it was just impressive to see Clemson make those stops in the red zone. That, yeah, if Ohio State were to convert those opportunities into touchdowns, it may have been a different game, but it wasn't because Clemson had that bend, don't break attitude, where I think that could really come come into play here. If, That's if, what if scares can't me. Get it done in the red zone. That's what scares me, and I made this statement when I so I was pre- preparing myself to to argue Clemson side um, all week, preparing myself to argue Clemson. That's what scared me is I think that Dabo will be the coach who, when they get to the 45, 50 yard line, if they have fourth down and more than five or more, they'll punt the ball because they they think that they just can keep it close as possibly and and not make turnovers. LSU, the the style of offense they have this year. It's one of those offenses that can break a bend, don't break mentality. Because if you get behind 14 to LSU, you're not coming back. But do you see Trevor Lawrence in this Clemson offense even getting behind by 14? I could see it happening. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, but, but with Clemson's offensive firepower, I mean, you would need a really good early defensive performance from LSU in order for that to happen. I can see, I can see a game starting like this. LSU defers because absolutely the Superdome's going to be nuts in, in, in Louisiana. Yeah. They get a stop first first possession. Clemson, I mean, LSU scores on their first possession. Then it's back and forth until halftime. LSU scores again. That's 14-point lead right there. That's how I can see that game happening, and then you put yourself behind the eight ball. Everyone seems to uh, have forgotten Trevor Lawrence in this game. I feel like all the hype is on Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow, and that's, uh, you know, expected. Uh Here's here's another reason why I'm excited about this game. Because originally, I mean, after the loss to Ohio State, I was I was pretty much ready for the entire season just to be over. Yeah. But now I look at this matchup and I see this LSU team has really not changed things just yet, but they're coming in with a different national championship team than we've seen in the past. Yeah. Where their offense is just so dominant and so methodical. I'm really curious to see how they match up against a what I think is a more complete and talented team uh, in Clemson. And I think that if LSU does get this victory, I think it is going to... I think a lot of offensive coaches are going to question the way that they're running uh, their programs. Uh, looking at, you know, traditional, uh, you know, power running and, and, and pro style. Can you even win with that anymore? I mean, that's really what's going to... I mean, I mean, look at Georgia's offense, right? Yep. It, it couldn't it couldn't hold a candle to what LSU was doing. Uh, in the in the past couple of years, Nick Saban with Tua has opened up his offense yep. uh, and, and was able to keep up with LSU in that game. So uh, just, just to kind of go beyond this game, uh, I always think of, you know, what does this mean, big picture? Uh, if, if LSU comes in and blows out Clemson... I think we're, you know, as Clemson blowing out Alabama last year kind of changed th- things going into next year. I, I think people really, uh, it- it's going to turn some heads. But LSU seems to be the more uh, public favorite. I, I you know, I, I, I feel like ESPN's on on the side of Clemson. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it's a probably closer than a lot of people think. Um, and not, is this just because it's the only game of the season, national championship? Um, so you you also gonna have a lot of fans on both sides too. Um, I, I honestly, if you were to sit here and tell me, uh, if one of our one of our listeners were to come here and say, Brad, I'm taking Clemson X Y Z, that's why I'm taking LSU X Y Z, that's why I could probably see both points. But I don't want to be the guy sitting on the wrong side. I'd feel more comfortable LSU losing the game than Clemson losing by double digits. 
Whatever you decide to, to bet, we're here to help you make that decision. Yes. It kind of worked out. Uh, you heard the points. Uh, Brad taking LSU minus six. I'm going to go with Clemson plus six here. Uh, and we're just going to hope for a really good national championship game. And before we know it, uh, we'll be looking ahead to next season. All right, let's go ahead and uh, get some reaction, my friend. Uh, real quick, wild card weekend, and it was a wild one. Are you kidding Hell me? Hell yeah. Uh, Bill's Texans, all right? Deshaun Watson, my oh man Deshaun my Watson. Oh, my God. That play where he escaped the pocket, yep. spun, spun out of two defenders, gets out of the pocket, throws it downfield. That was one of the best football plays I have ever seen. And you know what's crazy? He does that every big moment. That terrible offensive line has his, has him running for his life, and guess what? Somehow he gets out of trouble, completes a, a very important first down or touchdown. Oh, my. Deshaun Watson is otherworldly. He steps up. And, and on the other side, you know, there's uh, a lot of people getting on the case of Josh Allen. But yes. He actually uh, impressed me yes. in, in that game. I actually see a very bright future for Josh. Absolutely. It, it was his first, uh, really his first big moment. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, it's the Bills. So, yeah, they had a couple of games against the Patriots. But, but uh, when else was Josh Allen under that microscope yeah. uh, in his career up to this point? So, uh, yeah, he made a lot of mistakes. Absolutely. He was but on the honestly, road, the mistakes didn't really cost him that much no. until the end of the game. Right. And I mean, the, the, the mistakes at the end of the game were literally like desperation mistakes. As J.J. Watt said at the end of the game, all they needed was a spark uh, on defense, and they got it. Yep. And then from there, uh, Watson took over. Uh, Titans-Patriots, man. Unbelievable. Titans win the game 20-13. to the Patriots don't score in the second half. Crazy. I'm still floored by that performance. It's not even, and, and I wish it was the Titans' defense. It was the inability to call plays to get your receivers open by Josh McDaniels. I don't care what anybody says. It wasn't Tom Brady's fault. It wasn't the receivers' fault. It wasn't the running game's fault. Offensive line, no. It was the offensive coordinator. For you to get blanked. There is only one place to turn. Oh, and the Patriots couldn't get good field position. Uh, you had Julian Edelman, who, who never drops passes. Yes. Dro- dropping key passes. It seemed like Brady had nowhere to throw the ball. Uh, they couldn't get running game going. It was it was just a stagnant second half. Uh, and a game in which Derrick Henry obviously dominated. Roll tied. Over 200 total yards. Uh, Tannehill only threw the ball for 76 yards. Yeah. And they still found a way to win. Uh, so, few Future up in the air for Tom Brady. I think he's coming back. I I, I think he's coming back too. I just want to say with, one with the thing. Patriots. Um, in this call for me for the Titans, I do recall me saying getting this amount of points for a team who could possibly win the game is almost a steal. Not only did they cover, but they got the win. Um, huge money line win if you took uh, Titans money line there. Big win on the road. All right, uh, Vikings and the Saints. This was, for me, the surprise of the weekend. Even it was more, Drew Brees. Even, even more so than the Titans over the Patriots. He looked awful. Yeah, the uh, Vikings defense had him off balance the entire game. Uh, he finally found a way to get back in the game, get the you know get, get the game tied up, and then Kirk Cousins takes over. Yes. Back-to-back legendary throws. That 43-yarder to Thielen, yep. the game-winner to Rudolph. I mean, those throws were, were big-time throws yes for a quarterback totally agree uh i was really impressed there vikings win the game 26 to 20 uh not only do they cover uh they get the outright win in the superdome hats off to the uh to, to the entire vikings team absolutely seahawks eagles uh wentz goes down with injury uh Phew, they, that's a win for us baby yeah never had a chance here seahawks win the game 17 to 9 um you know i i'll 
I'll, and I'll get into this with the Seahawks, but there's there's a lot of guys who are saying, well, the Seahawks could barely beat you know the Eagles and their third stringers. And listen, it's it's the playoffs. Yes. when you're in that situation, you you do whatever it takes to win the game, uh, and that's what they did. DK Absolutely. Metcalf really coming on. Oh my as god, as a strong wide receiver. Let's just go ahead and talk about Metcalf and AJ Brown, both in the playoffs, both big difference makers, both phenomenal receivers. We were like, it's gonna be one of them. Why didn't anybody say it's, it's got to be both of them? Yeah. All right. That was Wild Card Weekend. Let's go ahead and get into the divisional round. Uh, Saturday, January 11th, Minnesota Vikings, San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are seven-point favorites. This is a 430 kick. I'm going to go with the Niners here. Uh, I don't think that Cook, Thielen, Cousins, I don't think that they can repeat the performance that they had against the Saints. I think that they uh, run out of energy here. They were 10 of 18 on third down in the Superdome. Again, I don't think that they can repeat that. Dalvin Cook banged up, coming off 28 carries in that game. You have a strong defensive line for the Niners. You got D. Ford expected to come back. Nick Bosa, I think that they're going to get to Cousins all day. I think the Niners are a much more complete team. I like the Niners here at home. Even though they haven't been good this year covering the spread at home, I think that the 7 is pretty favorable. Miles, I'm on the other side of the tape on this one as well. I'm going with the Vikings couple of things here. I'm looking more at the Vikings defense. Uh, what the Vikings defense does really well is they stop the run, uh, only allowing about 107 yards per game. And San Francisco is a run-based team, let's be honest. So all they have to do is get a couple couple stops, and it makes it a lot closer. Uh, Vikings are 10-7 and seven on the season. Uh, f- <clears throat> excuse me. 5-2 and two against the spread on the road. I know D Ford's coming back. I know Quan Alexander's coming back. That defense is going to be great, but I-, I like to see a close one here, probably decided by three points. I do fully expect the 49ers to go ahead and cover, so this is a little bit different situation to win. Um, uh, to win. I- a little bit different situation than the, ti- the Titans-Patriots uh, game. But, uh, yeah, definitely got the 49ers winning, but seven points, go ahead and give me, like, a four-point victory for the Niners. All right, Titans and Ravens. The Ravens, uh, 10-point favorites. I've also seen this at around 9.5, but we'll go ahead and talk about it at 10. Who do you like? Give me Baltimore, dude. Uh, I mean, it's going to come down to it where where Baltimore's defense is good enough to slow down Derrick Henry. Um, And their offense, that's the biggest key here. Because you think about even go back to the New England game. New England, if their offense was at all prolific— it would have been a totally different outcome, but their offense was nothing. And I think this here is going to be an example of how good defense, which is a better defense than the Titans, good offense, which is better offense than the Titans, is just going to be a beautiful marriage. But this is crazy. We have the uh, the the number one first time we ever have the number one rusher versus the number one rushing team in the NFL facing off against each other. I think we have an absolute blowout on our hands here. I'm I'm all over Ravens minus ten. They're first in the league in first quarter and first half scoring. Yep. Nine and one against the spread in their last ten games. I think the Ravens come out and build a huge lead before halftime. I, I'm talking three scores. They're going to force Tannehill to throw it, and that is not uh, going to be good. I mean, uh, Tannehill had eight completions last week, uh, yeah. seventy-two passing yards. We already know what the Titans are going to do. They're going to try to control the clock with Derrick Henry, but I'm telling you, it's not going to work. Yep. Uh, he's coming off sixty-six carries in his last two games. The Ravens' defense ranks fifth in the NFL against the run, sixth against the pass. I think this is a complete mismatch and a complete blowout. I think the Ravens roll. Not many, not many defenses allow less than 100 yards per game uh, in rushing, and that is the Baltimore Ravens at 92. That's beautiful. All right, let's go ahead and go into Sunday, January 12th. We have the Texans and the Chiefs. The Chiefs also 10-point favorites at home here for a 3.05 kick. This one's tough because I love my boy Deshaun Watson. All right? Everything tells me to go with the Chiefs minus 10. 
And I've gone, I've been on the Texans so many times this year and been disappointed. But Brad, I'm taking the Texans here. Booyah, me too. Plus 10. Are Let's you get really? it. Yes, we are. Let's get My this. My boy. Okay. Heck yes. All right. Go ahead. Okay, listen. The Chiefs, 10 points is a lot. How many, when, honestly, when's lot. the last time have you seen the Chiefs defense play well enough to keep them, to, to blow a team out? Also, the Chiefs are 1-9 against the spread in their last 10 playoff games, and Travis Kelsey is still a little banged up. I like the Texans here because, honestly, I think if the Texans could score 21 to, to 28 points, it's going to be close enough to where they have a chance to win the game. I love it. I thought I was on my own here, uh, like uh, completely on an island. But yeah. with because everyone's looking at, well, they went down 16 nothing to Buffalo and all that. And, 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 and again, this is what I'll say. Don't put so much stock in the results of the wild card round. Yep. Teams are just trying to win the damn game. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I think about last year uh, when the Colts went into Houston and dominated the Texans. It was like 21-7. Yep. And then they go into Kansas City the next week and everybody was on the Colts to cover that game. And the Chiefs beat them 31-13. You just can't... You've got to take it week to week. And for me, Texans have J.J. Watt back on defense. Yep. The defense looked great. Against the Bills, the offense just need a little bit of momentum to get going. Deshaun Watson, we know how great he can be. I think he can compete with uh, Mahomes. I do too. Back in October, the Texans won in Kansas City, thirty-one to twenty-four. Mahomes was a little banged up. It was a little bit of a different Chiefs team. I also think that think about the defenses. You, just, if, if you're the if you're the Texans, you literally just played a top three defense in the NFL, and now you get the Chiefs. Yeah. Houston, 5-2-1 against the spread on the road this season. They're much better at covering on the road than they are at home. Uh, I hope that Will Fuller can, can come back. It's looking yeah, pretty good. Yeah, they need him, yes. Um, yeah, I, I like the points here. Uh, I like Texans plus 10. All right, let's go ahead and go over to the Seahawks and the Packers in Lambeau Field. It's going to be a cold one. Packers are five-point favorites for a 640 kick. You know, I was uh, high on the Seahawks coming into the playoffs, and I will continue to be high on the Seahawks. Uh, I think that, that they can come in here and win the game, even though Russell Wilson does not have good numbers in Lambeau Field. Or in the snow. <laughs> or in the snow. The Seahawks, as a team, are 0-5 against the spread in their last five games at Lambeau, so I will just say that as a disclaimer. But I am taking the Seahawks plus five and going with the fact that I think the Packers' 13-3 record is very deceiving. Seahawks, another good team at covering the spread on the road this year, 6-2-1 against the spread on the road. And not only that... The Seahawks are 11-1 in one-score games this year, and I'm riding Russell Wilson here because I think that Russell Wilson is playing better right now than I see Aaron Rodgers. I think Russell Wilson is playing at an MVP level. I think Rodgers is being Rodgers, but I think the Seahawks actually are going to benefit from having played last week on the road in a tough, cold environment in Philly. I don't think that the environment is going to phase them here. I'm going to go be on the opposite side of you. One reason is... Actually, we can call it two reasons. Actually, let's go and call it two reasons and two reasons only. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Those will be the difference makers in this game because it'll be so cold you'll rely on your your your, your running. Last game, the Seahawks had absolutely zero running game. Game before that, absolutely zero running game. They're going to need it this game. And it is evident that, I mean, Marshawn Lynch is old. He's out of shape. Sure, he gets he picks up first downs when it's third and three, but give me the better running backs. And I don't even care about the battle of the quarterback at this, at this point, because it's going to be almost equalized due to the snow and the cold weather. I'm just going to take the better running team. And that's crazy to say, because you think about the beginning of the season, you would 
argue that Seattle or Baltimore had the best rushing rushing attack, and now Seattle's kind of towards the bottom of the barrel with everyone being on the IR. But that is my edge in this. It's really not even a battle of the quarterback. Now, if they would have had Chris Carson, totally different story. Yeah, uh, I I will say this from a betting perspective. Uh, by Sunday night, I hope that you're looking good, and I hope that you've been having a good weekend betting. Uh, but man, if it's a blizzard conditions and cold and uh, maybe stay away Yeah, uh, <laughs> because these games are, are, you know, unpredictable, very unpredictable. You know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, analysis that you can put into it from your perspective. Yeah. I think that the running game will be very important. Um, but for, for me not taking the weather into account, I like the better quarterback. I like Seahawks plus five. Uh, could could but, you imagine what you literally just said? We, I, I can't believe it. Like it's true. But mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, the better quarterback, thinking about the legendary Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, it's crazy. I mean, it's I, crazy I, a thing. I, I mean, yeah. I, it's almost it's, the passing of the torch this season for it, all these legends are getting bested by the young quarterbacks. Right. It's almost as if, you know, and it's funny because I was actually just talking about this last night, you know, where we we don't have uh, Brady in here. We don't have Breeze in here. Roethlisberger's not in here. I mean, think about the quarterbacks uh, that are in the divisional round in the AFC. Deshaun Watson. Yep. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill. Lamar Jackson. Lamar, yeah. Um, but, you know, with, with you know, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, I said this is certainly not the last time that we're going to see these three quarterbacks no, absolutely uh, in the divisional round of the playoffs. Uh, and then over here, you know, you know that Russell Wilson has plenty left. Uh, I'm sure that Garoppolo is going to be around for a while. So, yeah, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a passing of the torch. It's kind of exciting. Uh, you know, for me. Oh, and, and then there was there was another question uh, that I heard uh, that I thought was really interesting where which quarterback of the eight teams this weekend stands the most to lose. And for me, I said it's it's Rogers because be I, Rogers. I think that Roger, you know, he's the veteran in this group of eight quarterbacks. He's yep. he's the one that uh, is the legend. He's you know he's he's the one that stands the most to lose because I don't know how many opportunities he has left. Yeah. Uh, to win these Super Bowls, I mean, he's standing with one Super Bowl ring as good as his career has been. You're in a situation where you earned. The first round buy, those are very valuable. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it's very, you, you you cannot risk those or waste those opportunities. So uh, kind of uh, curious to see see what shakes up. I'm, ex- but, I'm excited for I this mean, weekend. Before we know it, this time next week, we're going to be talking about the conference championship games. We're going to be talking about the national champion of college oh, football. Oh, man. Uh, so everything's really starting to wind down. Yeah, it is. Kind of sad, but we're looking forward to college basketball. So, guys, thank you so much to listen to What's the Spread. Be sure to rate us. Please rate us, download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or however else you get your podcasts.